0: us down but now it looks like things are finally coming around i know we've got a long long way to go
1: and welcome one and all to from trauma to triumph walking away from trauma which is aired on thursdays from 7 to 8 p.m I'm your host, Lana M. Hooks, your author, speaker, blogger, vlogger, guide, and aromatherapist who just happens to have a BA in Black Studies from Martin University and an MA in African American Studies with a concentration in History from Clark Atlanta University. Please visit my website at lanamhooks.com. That's L-A-N-A-M-H-O-O-K-S, affectionately called I Allow Peace, Forgiveness and Love. I created the blog I allow to help people identify unresolved and childhood emotional traumas and how they are surfacing in the present through pent-up desires. Together we build a trusted bond that allows for self-discovery using forgiveness, peace, love, and other natural methods. I do this because I desire for people's fragmented souls to be restored and to live authentically in their innately created identity. I'm also on Twitter, I'm L.M. Hooks. And on Instagram, I'm L.M. Hooks 51. On Facebook, I'm facebook.com forward slash lana.m.hooks. My email is authorlmhooks at gmail.com. And I just recently added a new Facebook page called Blends by Lana M, which will showcase my uh, aromatherapy side which I will have different, um, different essential oils on there in the, in the ways that I use them as well. And also just to introduce to you some that you can utilize now that we're in the fall season. And so please look me up on Facebook, Blends by Lana M. And that, that's gonna be on Facebook as well. Um, now, let me just kind of get into a little bit why I created From Trauma to Triumph, Walking Away from Trauma. Um, this podcast, there are those that I realize that are stuck in the middle of their journey and walking from traumatic experiences. And sometimes we just we just need to hear another person's story that is on the other side called Living Victoriously in their authentic identity and purpose. I believe that stories are a raft to catch from someone else that can bring you through to living victoriously in your authentic identity. So on Thursday evenings, please tune in and share just to hear stories. Uh, from different therapists or counselors and natural healers so they can share their wisdom in answering your questions that can assist you as you walk away from trauma. You can post your questions at anchor.fm forward slash Lana337. And tonight I have a very special guest and her name is Belinda Lane. Let me tell you just a little bit about Belinda. Belinda has been very active in the community for many years. She started in her 20s as a volunteer at the House of Ruth, a safe house for women in domestic violence situations in Baltimore, Maryland. And just as a side note, this is October, and this is the month for uh, to, to be aware of uh, domestic violence. Um, later, she became a volunteer through the YWCA, working at the Safe House for Women in Domestic Violence in Richmond, Virginia. With her degree in criminal justice, she took a different route and started working as a counselor for eight years at Charter Westbrook Hospital, which is a private uh, psychiatric hospital in Richmond. Now, helping people has always been a priority for her. A private i'm sorry, excuse me, volunteering to work with homeless and street people for many years was very fulfilling to be in a position to reach out to others with daily planet with the daily planet homeless shelter in Richmond. She has completed her basic training uh, to be a chaplain through the International Fellowship of Chaplain Incorporated in 2013, the author of Destiny Called My Name. Presently, she speaks at seminars and for women's groups. She's also a member of Toastmasters International. Belinda is the proud mother of one son and two grandchildren, and she currently resides in Georgia. I just want to introduce my friend, my sister friend. Uh, oh wow, we 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 started knowing each other. I believe it was 2015. I think either 20. It was. It was 2015, and we met each other at a Dale Carnegie uh, Institute training and we've been friends ever since and I'm so happy that she has agreed to be on the show tonight so welcome one and all welcome Belinda Lane.
0: Thank you so much wow wow it is definitely um, a pleasure because true like you say sister friend that is truly what we um what we are and it's just was an honor for you to invite me on your program And I'm very pleased and um, hopefully I can share some information that um, will help individuals um, as they move forward in life and as they move away from the things in life that they want to move away from.
1: Thank you so much, Belinda. I appreciate that because I know we've shared, you know, some stories and swapped (laughs) swap 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 i I should say war stories and 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 to to really understand our journeys but i want them to hear how you and you can choose any any experience that you've had it doesn't matter because they've all been wonderful and you've all you've walked through them with your held head up high um and you have come through some some really mighty things so Whichever one you choose to talk about tonight, please feel free, and so you have the floor.
0: Thank you. I um, I believe I would probably start with the fact that um, leaving our, taking off of our childhood clothing, um, that is something that we as adults, when you look around, you can tell the ones, I always say, when I was at, when I was working, I would say you could tell the ones that came in as adults and the one that came in wearing their childhood clothing. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, you know, your behavior is going to, whatever is in you is going to be is going to come out no matter what you speak or say, your activities, your behavior is going to show that. And so often it's that pain and knowing that trauma is is an emotional response to uh, a terrible event. And a lot of times what happened, we lock that event inside of us. And so with it being locked inside of us, whatever we do, it's going to, in life, that event is going to touch and soil that life. Uh, it doesn't make a difference what it is that you uh, want to be, what it is you dream of being, if that event is in there, it's going to touch your life in some kind of way. And I, I look at it as like, say you have a bowl of um of oatmeal, and you do put raisins in it, and you do put milk in it, and you ready to put some sugar in it, but accidentally you pick up salt. It's white, just like the sugar, and you put that sugar in there, two teaspoons of sugar, I mean, two teaspoons of salt by accident. It's going to look the same. It's going to, you're going to see the raisins. I mean, it's going to be creamy, but when you put it in your mouth, it is not going to have the taste that you have wanted. Mm. And that's what happens to us when we hold on to traumas within us that We can dress well, we can wear designer clothes. um, We can go to Toastmasters and learn how to speak. Uh, We can be A students, but a long life pathway, our behavior from that trauma is going to show up. And I always say not only show up, but show out, Mm. you know? So it doesn't make a difference how beautiful you are, you know how whatever trauma will bring the ugliness out and I can pause so you know in case you want us to say something um to, I, was
1: just, uh, I, I was thinking about that I was just I, and, and I was just thinking about what you just said that's just, that's a very good analogy about how they how salt and sugar they have the same uh and you by mistake you just, like you said, you put it into your, your your cereal and all of a sudden when you taste it, you realize, oh my God, I, I put I put something else in there And that's what that's what it does. That's what trauma does, especially when that behavior is from childhood and it's now uh, been transferred over into your adult life. Um, it, it ends up just kind of you know making itself appear you know out of nowhere but what it is it, it i think what it does it it, it hides and waits for an opportunity yes. yes you know to show itself so you you're, I, I agree wholeheartedly with you um it's, i know you said you spoke about when you when you worked in different places you saw how people came in either with their children, their childhood behaviors uh, coming in can you give us some examples of what you saw and how you were able to
0: help them effectively work through that uh, childhood trauma? Well, um, I think more so, uh, I have to go to a place to say where I help individuals work through it. Mm -hmm. It would probably be more when the eight years I spent at Charter Westbrook. Mm -hmm. And I always say that um, God in his wisdom and his unconditional love for me I say, when I went to work there, he did two things. He, he gave me a paycheck with outpatient care <laughs> because <laughs> I was able to see in, in, in real life. You know, I worked on the adult unit um, of the hospital okay. and I was able to see individuals. And when you sit to talk to them, most of them started out with, well, in my childhood or something concerning a parent or both parents. So we're talking to adults now. We're talking to people in their 30s, 40s, 50s. And so, so, so sadly for me to say that I was talking to people at that time in their 60s and 70s. And to think that you have spent all of those years, okay, let's say you came out at, at 20. You came out on your own at, at 20, most of the time 18. For me, I left home the day I turned 18. Okay. I had three choices. My three choices was a nervous breakdown, suicide, or leave home. Mm. So leave home was the best choice. For me. Okay. Okay. You know, so, but when I look at people of that age and I'll come back to that, but when I look at people of that age group that are in their, you know, 50, 60, and the weight, which means that who God designed to be has really not clearly made it out into life. You know, the person that he birthed you to be has not been able to fully express all that is in you that you have to give, you know, whether it's to a people or to, uh, to an audience or to your own life, you have not been able to truthfully live that person because the situation that happened in your life has caused you to have to operate in salt rather than in sugar, you know, going back to the example. Mm -hmm. And the sad part about it is most of the ones that have caused you trauma, their lives have been traumatized. And because their lives have been traumatized, I mean, it can go back. It can go back for generations, you know, of people so when by the time it got to you you know it's, it's still intensified so it's like you're now carrying the weight of think about it if you come out okay come out of a traumatic childhood most likely you're carrying the weight of a parent that came out of a traumatic childhood Correct. who caught the weight of a parent who came out so it's like you're occurring weights and weights of generations on you as you try to move forward that's just like somebody putting a a, a book bag on your back and filling it with bricks and rocks and things you know you even though you're moving you are moving you're making some. Steps, but look at the weight that's weighing you down that you can never feel free to be you
1: mm. that's good that's good Belinda and and, and and I agree with you wholeheartedly because I mean you know it's, it's funny how when you can always you know and, and I know this may sound so bad but I don't mean it in a bad way but but it's so true it's like an a person who has been traumatized can always recognize another person who's been traumatized. Um,
0: oh, that is <laughs> so true. No, that is so true. Mm-hmm. And that's why I have ex- um, I explained, I've talked to young women and talking to young women. Mm-hmm. Um, they're saying, well, why do I always attract the wrong man? I say, you have to understand and and for any gentleman that's listening out there in the audience, okay i'm 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 saying this in a good way, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, any when 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 a man looks if okay, when a healthy man looks at a woman, he can immediately pick up if she is healthy. Mm-hmm. He can immediately pick because one of the things that we do as women, when we meet a man, we feel like we got to tell him everything there is to know about us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and men are good listeners. But. So, most healthy men, they're going to keep moving. Unhealthy men, they see someone they can use. Mm. So, what happened is so, yes, it's a lot of times through our behavior, through our conversation, we attract, we get what we attract and what we attract is from within. So when when we talk to people, and I just use it as a general Ill- illustration, but when we talk to people, there are some people, as soon as you meet them, they want to tell you their story. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know what? Um, yeah, I, I came out of a rough childhood and I don't know how I made it and blah, blah, blah. And all you said was, hello, my name is. <laughs> and so- And, you know, especially if you had a function, you know, uh, you're sitting at a table, you are sitting beside someone and you had a function, Mm -hmm. people introduce themselves by their trauma. Mm. They don't, you know, when you ask them, you know, they don't, you know, my name is so and so. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm enjoying being here. You know, I just enjoy life. Life is just great. It's just wonderful. You know, I'm. I have, you know, three wonderful children, you know, uh, and then normally after that introduction, then that real person says, okay, you done said enough introduction, then let me speak. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So Traumatized person, you know, nails like, okay, we done got the niceties out of the way. Let me speak. You know, and sometimes I, I remember hearing someone say one time they were at a, um, function. And they walked over to, to uh, one of the ladies that they wanted to get, uh, they had thought about being a speaker. And so she said, um, she said, yeah, I wanted to talk to you to find out, uh, if we can get you to come and speak. And we, uh You know, and this was a date. And the lady just said, no, I can't do that because that was a day that um that incident and gave the incident happened to me. And I cannot speak because I know right I know I will not be mentally prepared or clear to be able to because of that situation. And the lady said, she looked at her and said, okay. (laughs) She and she walked away. (laughs) But just think it's like she was celebrating her trauma.
1: Yes, yes. And that and and that's that's another that's another thing. It's like I'm not saying that you can't talk about it, but don't use it as a badge.
0: Right, um, you know, right.
1: It's like it's like look at me. I am a trauma, you know. Yes. <laughs> you know, and it's, and it's 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 it's, it's kind of sad because it's like you, you you're you're already setting the parameters up for people to look at you and say, oh, let's not say two words to her because or, or him because mm-hmm. they're, they're gonna start talking about what, what has already happened to them. Or mm-hmm. you know, they're they're gonna be, they're not gonna to uh give you any good news or anything like that.
0: Right. And
1: and and and, and really what you do is you set you set up um you set up boundaries or 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 the only word I really I can use is parameters is that of how of, of how people are going to treat you
0: yes yeah you know, but but you 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 do that and and a lot of people sadly they don't even realize it yes you're right and they and, and they back their self up into a lonely place mm-hmm. and they wonder you know, why people don't want to be around me. And, you know, why, why do I have, you know, I don't have true, true friends. And, and, and so they just, they look at their life and, you know, the, unfortunately the suicide rate um, is constantly escalating. Yes. And I don't mean people that I, um, how can I say it? I, it's the unexpected people, mm-hmm. <laughs> ones that you would never expect mm-hmm. to commit suicide, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they are, and they tell you, so, and normally it, it shows a sign when they do that, because they always say when, before a person does commit suicide, you, one of the things you need to take notice, take notice when people' conversations start changing. Mm-hmm. You know when people's conversation start changing. A lot of times we're such a busy, busy world. Busy doing what? You know, mm-hmm. our lives are so busy we can't even catch our breath. You know, so a lot of times when people talk to us, we don't hear people. You know, we don't we uh, or oh, we don't stop and really listen to what people saying. You know, we're so used to you know how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. No, you're not. I talked to a lady recently. And I'm, 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 I'm hope I'm not all over the place. <laughs> You're fine. You're fine. Go ahead. Okay. I talked to a lady recently and she was telling me, and actually she's great. She's finally made a decision to go through a divorce. And she was just said, she said, It's like hell in my house. But she said, you know where I get my joy from? She said, I'll smile and I I, I do pictures on Facebook and I'll be smiling and I'll be showing people, you know, me doing certain things and activities and laughing. She said, but none of that is true. She said, but I put it on Facebook so I can see some laughter and smile from me. Wow. And see, that's what we have to understand. Everything out there on Facebook is not true. Yes, yes. You know, and 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 we have to not want to live someone else's life because you don't know, like the song said, um, I think it was Kenny Rogers said, no one knows what goes on behind closed doors. Yes. So we don't know what kind of life that person is living. When, when, as a child coming up, my father, okay, I'm a preacher's kid. And I didn't want to say that at the beginning because I wanted you to keep listening because most of the time they feel (laughs) (laughs) you know, they figure we need help. You know, we got a bad reputation uh, as being preacher's kids. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, I tell people, yeah, we are crazy because for one thing, we had to be what our parents want us to be. Mm -hmm. We had to be what the church members want us to be. Mm-hmm. We had to act the way the community, the neighborhood was in, thought we should be. Mm-hmm. Now, as a preacher's kid, if say, say a young lady in church, a single young lady got pregnant, they would give her a baby shower. You know, the church the members, the mothers, they get together give her a baby shower to help her out mm-hmm. because she's single, you know, and she's going to be bringing this baby into the world. But if it's the preacher's daughter, oh my God.
1: Yes. You're yes. going to
0: go through the mud. You're going to go through slander. you 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 definitely not getting a baby shower. Okay. okay. <laughs> you know, and by the time they get through dragging you down, came up, the faith I came up in, they silenced you and put you in the, on the, you know, on the back row for, for, you had to come to church, but you had to sit on the back row. I watched and I watched them, because I I didn't have my, I had my son, I did have my son as a single, but I was in college, and I was in my late 20s, Mm -hmm. because I left college, and for, to take a semester break, the break took about five years for me to get back. But I (laughs) saw this going on, Mm -hmm. so by the Time we leave home, we don't know who the heck we are. And I cleaned it up when I said heck. I know, you know. Come on, we don't know who we are because we don't, We have never had a. We've ne- It's like Nancy Wilson said, "I've been to around the world. I've been here. I've been there, but I've never been to self." Yes, we don't know who we are.
1: Yes, that's good. You know.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, we do need help, and yeah, we have a tendency to be real crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, when I left home. I the the someone did not tell the gatekeepers of the church that God the word say come as you are right because the gatekeepers stood there and would not let me in wow so I end up as as the church say in the world you know okay and I I didn't know anything about that life. I didn't know anything about the street. I ain't know anything about drinking. I ain't know anything about cursing. I ain't know nothing. And a friend of mine asked me to, uh, so I'm so I'm meeting some young ladies on on the job, and uh, I started working, and I met some young ladies, and they were talking about going to the club. So I was like, well, hey, you know, like, well, what you doing? I'm like, no, I'm on work. Oh, come on, you are gonna go with us? So I went. And I'm gonna make this, this story, long story, real short. I end up, I was sitting there and I was, and after I had started going, you know, I started, you know, I started liking it. I started liking the club life, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember I saw this guy come through the door. Well, And when he came through the door, he had like two women on, you know, had a woman on each arm and everything. And there was a table. They this the owner. I walked up to the table and asked the people there if they would move to another table. Mm-hmm. And so, the, so I'm sitting here watching this. I have always, as a child, that has been. I always been observant, always. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there watching this, and so the people had a, you know, they had a fit. So finally, they they moved, and the guy went over and sat down with the ladies, right? Mm-hmm. And so. Um, and so when the, when the person that was serving us came over, I was like, what just happened? And Cody found out he was a pimp. Mm-hmm. And that was the table he wanted to sit at. So when the owner just told them at the table that they would give them drinks for the rest of the evening, uh, then they they moved okay, you know. Mm-hmm. But then later, I saw this she walked in, the ladies at the table with her, with him, they, they moved. They, I mean, it's like all she did was just walk in. She didn't open her mouth. Those ladies move. So the guy waiting us came back onto the table laughing. He said, you want to know what just happened? I said, yes, I do. He said, that's his lady. And he said that when anybody see her, they move. He said, she can go anywhere in this city and she's safe. No one messes with her. So that clicked with me. I was like, wow, okay. (laughs) So that information kind of synced in my head. Mm -hmm. Okay, fast forward. I met someone and he wasn't a pimp, but he was a a shown up gangster. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) I was looking for safety. And because I just wanted, I wanted to be able to move you know, and not worry about anything. And that was what I was told that they take care of their women and you move around the world and you you know, whatever. And I could go back to that club and without him and they give me anything I want to. They You know, the bartenders took care of me or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I went into a lifestyle I never ever imagined. I carried my trauma into a lifestyle that when I look back at myself over those years, Mm -hmm. and it was probably about a six year period, I look unrecognizable. Mm -hmm. It's like I don't know who she is. Mm -hmm. And the only way I got, I had to fight to get out of that lifestyle, physically fight, because My, my friend, him and his friend, the mafia, I was living in Baltimore at the time. Mm -hmm. The mafia was moving in and they were looking for some, you know, top men, you know, to run the city. Mm -hmm. And like I said, this, this, this wasn't about, I wasn't messing with somebody hanging on the street. I was messing with somebody totally in that lifestyle. So looking. So my, my friend told me, he said, babe, and I wrote it in one of my blogs called coming out alive. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Babe," he said, um, "I'm ready to move up in life. We get ready to move up." So I'm like, "Okay, you know, I didn't know." And then he started telling me how, and I was like, mm, <laughs> "No, no, no, uh-uh, I, I, I can't do that." And I don't know if the Godfather had came out by then, you know, to, to for you to really see what happened when you don't do what they tell you to do. But I do, and I mm-hmm. said to him, "I said." I say, I'm not doing this. I say, because what I do know is that you're going to have to do what they tell you to do. And if you don't do what they tell you to do, they're going to come after the closest thing to you because they still need you to do what they've told you to do. Mm-hmm. And I say, and I'm the closest thing to you. I'm not doing this. So we we, we when I say fight, we had to fight um, because he was like, you ain't going nowhere and I was fighting to get out of his life, and he was fighting to stay in mine. And we, 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 we did. And eventually, I had said to him that you know, any, any, if a man ever hit me, he will die. I said I could not do anything about that in my home life, but I made a decision when I walked out them doors that not another man would put their hands on me in a harmful way and live and that thing was Lana it was so ingrated in me and I did I went looking for him after I got myself together one thing about the the guys that can't hang on the corner Mm -hmm. they they look out for the neighborhood what they used to I don't know what they do now I'm I'm talking (laughs) I'm talking back back in the 70s and stuff I don't know what they do now and they got me a gun and a car, and I went looking for him. And he lived. He was from D.C. I didn't find out till years later that I, I knew he had went back to D.C. But I didn't find out till years later that the only reason that he left, he wasn't running from me. He left because he knew that his guys were going to kill me because they found out I was looking for him. So he made himself, took himself out of the city, so I couldn't find him to, to let me live. Hmm. So, yeah, that's what I say, too. <laughs> that's what I say, too. So when I say your, the decisions that we make in life, you know, and finally I did come out, but what happened was during that period, I would have, I would ha- I would have, I-, I guess, I don't know what you would call them. I-, I would go, I would sleep. In other words, I would go, I would lay down and I may not wake up for a day or two mm. and nothing could wake me up out of it. I had blackouts and the doctor said that the reason why I had blackouts, he said, because just, and I don't know how true this is, I just don't even know what, what he told me. He said, just as your mind get ready to snap, your body, your mind shuts down. Wait a minute, say that one more time. Just as your your He mind. said, just, yeah, just as your body, your mind, as, as it gets ready to snap,
1: mm-hmm.
0: your, your body shuts you down. Your mind, everything shuts down. Wow. So, I would be out for a day or two days and nothing, nothing could bring me, nothing could wake me up, you know? And I would, I could pass out. At, I mean, I could just fall out at any time. It's like if I laid my head down and closed my eyes, I was gone. I could be riding in a car. I had people taking me out of cars, taking me home, help taking me upstairs to my bed. <laughs> people said, you know, someone would sit there with me for however long I would be, you know, um, because they were in my apartment. So they were eating and stuff and everything, but they'd be there with me until I would come to, you know? So again, the trauma of life, it, it, it caused a behavior to help to happen within me. What made me start to walk away? And that's what, what this is about. It was God, you know, um, and some people are like, oh, my God, I, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> here we go. It truly was. I end up going back to church, but to a different kind of church. Um, and I remember going to Canada. They had this um thing going on. I not want to call it a thing. It was a prayer going on in Canada. And this was in, uh, oh, my God, this was in maybe the mid 1990s okay. and uh, they had 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 a continuous prayer life for about three or four months no break you know just continuous prayer and I guess you know people were taking shifts coming in so my the church I was with, we went there for a week and I remember you know they had different prayer rooms and they had labels on the doors you know where you could go in you know <laughs> just kind of choose where you wanted to go you <laughs> know so I went in and I remember this young man came up and started praying for me and he just started weeping and weeping, you know, and I was like, okay, you know, and he looked at me and he looked in my eyes. He said, there is such a wall around your heart that is keeping God's love out. Now, I know God loves us unconditionally, but I knew what he was saying, that I had built up such a wall around myself. I remember going to a um, psychiatrist and now you would think they are supposed to help you. And this, he was licensed and everything. And, uh, and he wasn't, he was also a minister, but he was a licensed, you know, as far as being that. Mm-hmm. And my second visit, I remember when I went into him, he looked at me and the man broke down and started crying and put his head on his desk. So I'm sitting there going, "Woo, he must've had a rough day, you know, cause I mean, you know, he just started crying mm-hmm. and then he looked up at me and he said, I don't know how to help you. Wow. Oh, oh yeah. That, that's what I said. I'm like, oh my God. I, so I started looking at myself as damaged goods. Okay. You know, I started looking at myself as damaged goods. And I was like, okay, God, something's got to give. (sighs) I really believe that my time at Charter Westbrook did help me because it did help me. And I remember talking to a lady. I had some interesting patients there and she had just found out where her daughter had left to go to college away from home. And it just totally just disrupted this woman's world. Okay. And the daughter wrote her letter and told her the reason she left is because her uncle had been sexually abusing her. Mm. Well, when the lady read the letter and I don't know how it, I, 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 I do not understand it, but it, we know it happens. Right. That it broke something in her mind that she forgot that how she had went through sexual abuse with her uncle. Mm. And in telling me the story, now I'm in her room and I'm sitting at the foot of her bed and she's sitting up in bed, back up against the, the headboard. Mm-hmm. And she starts to telling me the story. And this is the honest truth. Her, her, her body Begin to to uh, like twist and you know and look like her arms and her leg, her mouth, the corner of her mouth was turned up like almost to the tip of her nose. It was t- that's how her face became so distorted, and she could not hardly talk. And I'm sitting there going, "My God!" Mm-hmm. So I'm praying. I'm praying, and that was one of the things I did when I went to work at Charter West. But when I would get my list of patients, I would go in the bathroom and pray over them. When I got home, I would pray over them again. So I'm sitting there and I'm praying, right? I'm like, God, you got to help me because I'm ready to run out of here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and immediately, in my mind, in my mind, I saw a glass. And I saw a glass filling up with dirt. So I started telling her what I saw in my mind. I said, "Listen to me, listen." And she, and she was going, Because remind you, her mouth is distorted, she can't even talk, right? So the glass I say, imagine a glass full of dirt. I say, "Now, imagine pouring that dirt out and putting water in the dirt." I said, "Put a water in that glass. I say, can you drink that? She said, no, no, no. And she was shaking her head, no, no. And I say, right, because it's soil. I say, now imagine pouring that water out, cleaning that glass and putting uh, water in that glass. Now, can you drink it? And she shook her head, yes. What had got her to the point of her body being distorted was when I told her she had to forgive. Mm. And she started saying, forgive, forgive. And every time she said it, her body would just take on a different turn or whatever. I said, that's what you've got to do. I say, forgiveness is being able, I say, if you put, if you put that soil in a glass and just dump it out and put water in it, that water, you're gonna be, everything you put in there is gonna be soiled. Mm. I say, but when you dump that water out and wash that glass, I say forgiveness is washing that glass out. So that when you pour the water into it, you can now drink it. It can be a benefit to you, to your life. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh
1: Jesus, Belinda. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so my trauma I walked away I walked away from the street life and you know I'm gonna tell you how good God is I don't think I I, I didn't get hooked on drugs mm-hmm. I, I did to drinking more than what I should have because alcoholism ran in my family well from my granddaddy on back it skipped my daddy so it skipped a generation and it hit me Okay. So I was more of a closet, you know. Okay. And and so, um, but I walked away from that. But I only could do it by walking through forgiveness. Yes, that's that. That was the only way that I could <laughs> I could be free. Now I don't know somebody else got another way that they have been able to free. Maybe it is through the therapy. I don't know, therapy because God knows I lived there. I w- I had no shame in going. To try to find out what was wrong with me. I know. Even though basically I knew what was wrong with me, <laughs> you know. But I had no shame in going to a therapist. Right. And um, so yeah.
1: You know, Belinda, sitting here listening to you, it's like I'm, um, you know, your stories are have been like really it it. It shows me the depth of how God will, first of all, he'll allow you to go to certain places, but he never leaves you there.
0: Right, right. And,
1: and the thing about it is, is that it also shows me how he will come and he will chase after you, using the, using you being in, in those places. Because if you really think about it, from the time that, like when you said you were going to the club and going out with your friends and you seeing how the pimp was treating his 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 stable you know and yeah and and, you know and and the and the woman that came in and how they left you but you said it and you said it quickly you said i wanted to be safe
0: yeah i wanted
1: to be protected And, and and that's what when you when you when you talk to you know traumatized kids that's the one of the first things that they say yeah I, I felt unprotected and so yeah. and what it does it allows for other entities to come in and feel that place when a parent has 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 fell down on their job yeah so you know it's it's, it's interesting how your life has gone into and it's and it's really funny because even as you were counseling you were still you were still, you were counseling others. You were still being counseled to yourself.
0: Yes. And, and, yes. And,
1: and you were receiving your healing, even from those that you had to talk to. You know? Yeah. So it's it's like, you know, the last, you know, the last thing you said but with this lady, it was forgiveness. Yeah. And that's, I'm gonna tell you, that's one of the hardest things to do because I think what it is is that we've, we've been, we've been kind of waylaid with, um, and 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 in ignorance when it comes to what forgiveness really is. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think if, if people really understood what forgiveness really is, then I think it would be a little bit more approachable to do.
0: Yeah. Forgiveness is for us. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness, it doesn't mean you forgive the rapists. Correct. You forgive the um the infidelity. Of, of a partner, you forgive, um, you know, sexual abuse coming from a parent as mm-hmm. a child, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't mean you, forg- it doesn't, it does not remove that forgiveness helps you to release that weight that you have been carrying. Correct. Of Their sins. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like you're paying with your body and your life for their sins.
1: Correct. Correct.
0: So go ahead. Uh-huh. No, no, no. no. You go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. It's, it's like you're giving up your life and your, your, your happiness mm-hmm. and your freedom to carry their sin. Cause that's what you're doing. They send against you, mm-hmm. against your body, against your mind, mm-hmm. against your life. They send against you. And you trying to carry their, what they did, their sin. So when I say, I forgive you, it releases me. Now, it don't mean that I got to go back to you. See, and this is what some people I think get hung up because I say, I forgive you. Mm-hmm. Does not mean that I now have to have a relationship with you. if you're a family member.
1: There you go. There you go. It means
0: I forgive you, but I am still going my separate way.
1: Right, right.
0: So, uh, and then uh, people will try to pull you back to them by saying, well, if you said you forgive me, then um, I don't understand why you're not coming to Thanksgiving dinner. Hmm. Or oh, I don't know why you know you won't go with us on family. Show. Why you know I forgave you, right? But I'm not tied to you.
1: There you go. There you go. There's you know. there's, there's got to be a boundary. And the thing and then the thing about it is is that is that you have gone on and you have forgiven, meaning that you do not you're not triggered by the emotions of what they you know of a word or a song or a smell. Right. That reminds you of what they did, but right. it, but but what, like you said, what it does mean is that I don't have to be around you,
0: right? You know, right? I,
1: I have my boundaries to protect myself, right? You know, and and I think that's when people don't, really don't understand what forgiveness is because, like you said, people, and that's the thing they they try to use a guilt trip as yes. If you're forgiving, then why can't you be around? No, 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 right? No, 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 no right? No. I think that's what throws people back into that to that confused state again or they feel like, oh my God, I'll never get out of this, 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 uh, off this roller coaster because it's like, do do I really have to be a part of their lives? And you yeah. really and you really don't.
0: You you don't. And and we used to see this when I worked at um charter, mm-hmm. we and and this may sound bad, but it it's not that it wasn't really meant to be bad. Mm-hmm. But I got to know the patients. We got to know patients well, especially our repeat patients as as we call them. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> when and I always worked the holidays. I always worked um the the ho- on the holidays because I had very little family that was there. And so and a lot of the people had like large families that, as far as our, you know, our providers and things like that. So I've normally worked okay. and we would, we could go and start pulling files. Like on Thanksgiving day, mm-hmm. we could start pulling files and just lay them on the desk. Christmas day, we could start pulling files out of the cabinet patients file and lay them on the desk and nine times out of 10, every one of those files would be gone because the patients were coming in. They were coming in wow. because we knew they went to that, that Thanksgiving dinner, mm-hmm. they sat down with their abusers. They couldn't take it. Right. They, were, they felt like they had to be there. They were told they had to be there. Well, this is your family. This is party. No, I don't have, I didn't have to be there. Mm-hmm. I could have I have friends, you know. Oh, I could have had Thanksgiving dinner by myself. Don't have no problem with that. You they, know. Yes. You, <laughs> they, they, you know, well, it's Christmas time and the family needs to be together. No, that's not true. Right. I don't have to be there. You know, so we saw people that were, that were, that went, I, I don't want to say they felt for the guilt trip.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then sometimes it wasn't a guilt trip. They sincerely wanted to be with their family. Right. And because of that, they knew what was gonna happen. And they knew that they go they were gonna have to come back into to the hospital for about a week to get themselves together, mm-hmm. you know. And they and they and they did it. And I do want to touch a bit, if you don't mind, about um the homeless and street people, because like that, that that was part of what I was saying that I worked with. Yes, please, by all um, me, go
1: ahead.
0: Okay. There is there is a difference, and I know people know this, but I'm just saying it generally, there's a difference between the homeless and street people, okay? Okay. The homeless is normally, like I say, somebody has lost their home and it could be from uh, alcoholic abuse, it could be from, you know, whatever, uh, Mm -hmm. that they are are homeless, you know, financial ruined, you know, jobless, whatever, put them out there. Mm -hmm. The thing with people have to understand when it comes to people that live in the street, They will never really, nine times out of ten, be able to live in a life of a home, Mm -hmm. the lifestyle. Because what happened with a lot of them, when people are in the street, and I remember this cameraman, uh, this guy was a photographer. Mm -hmm. And I had read his story because his wife had got brutally um, murdered. You know, um, and he lost it, and he just he just lost. I mean, he lost everything. He started living in the street, but because of who he was, he he began to take notice. He said, "When people, uh, one of the things about people that live in the street, he said that they have given up hope. They have given up true hope in life of ever being of people." They have no hope and no trust in people because they thing they get to a point that once you're out there for so long, it was why didn't someone come for me? Why didn't someone help me? So mentally, they they're gone. Okay. You it's hard to get people. You see people living in the street. It's hard to get them back. The homeless, yes, you can go out there as a church and you know help somebody find a home or something like that. Mm-hmm. Normally, at the church, you go out there all you're doing, you're bringing blankets and socks every winter to the same people. Okay, got you. You know, And I remember living in, when I was living in Baltimore and it used to be this, and I was friends with the United Way, used to take care of the street people and they would make sure they got their medicine and stuff like that. You know, they would, act. the workers would go out, they took care of the people that lived in the street. Mm-hmm. And it was this man on the corner he was laughing. He was going ha 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 And so I was standing there and I was looking at him and people would be laughing at him going by, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember turning around to say, Somebody standing next to me. I said, "Oh my God, that's such a painful laugh." Mm-hmm. And you know, there's like, "Oh girl, he's just crazy," you know. So I asked her I got to be friends with the lady, one of the ladies working the United Way, and I said, "What happened to so the man?" She said, "He was getting right, He was he was getting married, and him and the you know the the bridal party, you know, the groomsmen and everybody, they were sitting at the church waiting." Okay. And the bride, th- they were waiting for the bride to come and she, the bride, you know, they just sitting there waiting. Mm-hmm. But he's also waiting for his best man to show up too. Finally, somebody came and told him that the his bride and the best man had got married the day before and left town. My God. And they said he just started laughing and he never stopped. Jeez. He lost everything. He was living. I mean, he lost everything. He's living in the street. So a lot of times we don't know what put people on the street, and even working in the shelters. Mm-hmm. I worked up, and it was Grace House in Richmond, and I I went to talk, and these were all men. Grace House for men, mm-hmm. and I looked into their stories of love, or the death of a spouse, or and one man. It was just oh my God. He was him and his friend. They, they had been friends for childhood or nothing. They started a business, and the man somehow or another took all the money from the business and, 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 ex, and, and they had clients' money as well mm-hmm. and left the, the state, left and so, went somewhere in the country and he didn't know where, you know. And so he was left with the courts coming after him and the people coming after him for their money. And he lost everything. Everybody that's in the street. You know, like people say, get a job. You know, Mm -hmm. we don't know why people are there. You know, and I say, it's just by the grace of God. It's not me. Come on. Come on. And that's what people need to say. We got to stop being judgmental about things we don't know about and about things we don't understand. Amen. We're too quick to be judgmental. Yes. You know, you look at the teens that's in the street. A lot of those teenagers that's in the street came out of foster care. Yes. And when, they, and when they got a certain age and that foster home was not getting money anymore, those kids had to go.
1: Yes, yes. So
0: they had to go where? Where they going? To the streets. To the streets. So we look at the kids. The kids are angry. Yep. But they're angry because they're hurt. They don't feel safe. Yep. They don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. Because they were only money. They were dollar bills to that family. Right. So we judge them. And we, we, we really as a nation got to pull it together. Our kids are angry.
1: Very much.
0: You know, you can't even go to an affair now. You can't go to the county fair. You can't go to the nowhere where our teenagers are not disrupting. Yes. We're angry. And we're sitting in the back and we're judging them. We got to. And, 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 I'm, I, and I know I can say my church is alive when it comes to doing things, mm-hmm. but more churches have got to wake up you yes. can't stand there by, I, I, I used to say and I'm telling you I had to laugh because I used to say I wonder what would happen to most of the churches if God sent an angel down to stand in front of the door so that nobody could get in mm-hmm. would they go back home or would they go take to the streets to spread the word of God hmm. come on and when the pandemic shut the doors I was like okay <laughs> 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 what are we going to do yeah. what are we going to do? You know, so I see the time is coming. So oh, let me calm myself down.
1: You have, you have literally, no, I'm, I mean, we can go over. That's not an issue. I, I mean, I, I, I am just grateful for what you have, you know, what you have stirred up because you stirred, you, you really, you came to stir up in all of us what we can be doing and what more can we be doing and how we need yeah. to be looking at other people and, and to really understand that first of all everybody has a story. Don't care where you yes. live, don't care yes. where you live from the street to the to the to the White House, it doesn't matter. Yes. So we, we, we all have a story. Number two is that we have to begin to understand that what we have been called to do, there are people that we are called to do in order to be an alarm system for them or, or to be a shoulder to cry on. Yeah. Or an ear yeah. to hear, or sounding, you know, there, there are ways that, that we can, that we can honestly be what that person needs, but we have to really be, you know, be mindful to hear God. Yeah. And, and to hear him say, this is what I need for you to do. Uh, for yeah. That person. Um, You, the passion, the fervor, the excitement, the compassion that you have. I mean, first of all, that's, it's a breath of fresh air. (laughs) And no, no, it really is. It really is. And number two is that all that you have gone through has prepared you for the, for who you are now. It's like I'm yeah. listening to you. And I know we've talked before and I know, um, you know, you've, you've shared some things with me, but I'm, I'm hearing a new fervor in you. I'm hearing a, it's almost like a regenerative uh, transformation that's gone on inside of you that um, I'm, I'm seeing something different, something more uh, you're compelling the people you know it's like it's it's like listen listen to my story and let it be a, a sounding board let it be a buoy for you to catch so if if it's if it's a, if, if, if a part of my life resonates with you then let 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 this be what it needs to be to you so that you don't have to go full force into what i did you know it's it's like you you really are coming in and who and whoever is going to listen to this podcast cuz i believe that there will be many and I believe that they will literally reach out and want to know more about you and to know, understand, you know, is there somebody that I can talk to? Um, because Belinda, there, we're living in a day and a time where people are either taking their stories and using them as a crutch to not get better. Yeah. Or, or they're yeah. taking they're taking their stories and saying please listen to me I just don't want you to make the same mistakes
0: yeah yeah
1: um and so and then you have some people that have been blinded by their mistakes so much that they think that they really are just that damaged and God can't
0: forgive. yeah, yeah that is so true yeah
1: and so it's 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 like I'm, I'm I'm reminded of some things that I just went through recently with uh, another young lady that I was just trying to get her to see that you're not that damaged that God can't still heal you and use you, you know, and, and things like that. And I wasn't, I wasn't preaching to her. I was just listening to her because she just kept saying, I'm damaged, I'm damaged, I'm damaged. And I'm, yeah. I remember so much when when God was, you know, I was, I was telling God the same thing. I'm just, you know, I'm I'm crazy. I'm stupid. And I remember just as clear as day, he said, first of all, you got to stop the name calling because I don't call you that.
0: Right. <laughs> all right.
1: You know, he, he was like, he was like, this is your name to me. This is what you are to me. He said, cause I don't see all that. I see, right. someone, I, I see who I made. And I realized that that comes in many forms from different people.
0: Yeah, you yeah. Know
1: what I'm saying? It's, it's, and because I, I I realize that you know my relationship with him is is different from from your relationship with him and and things. So he so our conversations are different, but his stance on who we are in him is the same. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, you know. So I'm 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 open to any creative creative mechanism that God uses to 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 reveal Himself to to any of His kids. I that doesn't that doesn't bother me at all. I I really it really doesn't. But I just I, 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 I really want this podcast and the people to come on like you have done, and then those who have been on in past shows and which and which they have done beautifully, and which I, I applaud, and I and I want them back for a second, and I want you back for a second half because <laughs> there, there there are so many people out here who think they are alone, or they think that their situation yeah. is just unique unto them,
0: yeah. That's so and true, and,
1: and it's not. It's, it's it's like we may not have gone through exactly the same thing, but we have gone through similar similar incidences that I can now speak to, and hopefully that you will. It will it will speak to your soul, and there may be something that you can utilize to use to get out much quicker.
0: Right. Yeah. You know?
1: So no Belinda I don't I I really want you to come back for a second show I really do because I really believe there's oh
0: I would love to I would love to
1: there's more in you to talk about there's more in you to say um and I'm I'm just so thankful that God crossed our paths I'm that I really am and 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 also uh for a second time this go-round you know that yeah you know we're, we're doing things and um, it's just a joy. It's just a joy because your story, I honestly believe wholeheartedly that your story is, it's truly a lifeboat and a buoy for somebody out here right now. Um,
0: I hope so. I hope so.
1: Oh, I believe it. I, I, I don't, you know, the way, the way that this, this podcast was started and I really just didn't give the whole story. It was during my birthday this year and and I, and I went back. To the place where my family grew up in. They grew up in Sheffield, Alabama. They call it the Shows, the Four Shows. It's mostly okay. shows, Sheffield, Tuscumbia, and it's one more. I can't think of it. But it's, it's called the Four Shows. And I went, I went back there and I went uh, stayed in the hotel and I thought I was gonna kind of get out a little bit, but God really had me in to really hear him for what he wanted me to do. And okay. I took all my books with me, everything that I that I hadn't read or I wanted to read, magazines or whatever. So one day he had me pick up a magazine, and so I picked it up and I started reading, and I came across I came across the article about trauma. And but it was called it was called actually you know walking uh uh I'm sorry from triumph to from trauma to triumph, and that thing just it resonated in me so much. And I sat there and I said, well, God, I said, well, what do you want me to do with this? And he said, I want you to have a podcast and I want you to invite people on who are going to talk about their stories, talk about their lives and who who have walked away from certain things that other people need to know that they, they too can walk away. And it's because somebody else did walk away and that you can be coming from brokenness, you can be, you know, coming, to, you know, coming to be made whole. And it's, and it's, and it's like, it's like God already sees us whole, even in our brokenness. It's just that we, right. have, to, it's right. just that we have to, we have to believe that we come from quote unquote, good stock.
0: Yeah. You know, yes. we, have
1: believe, we have to believe that the way that he formed us and said I, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made that, you know. That's some good stuff that he will be made from. But see, God don't have, he doesn't have a self-esteem issue, and nor does right. he. You know, and nor does he think that you know think lowly of himself. He never does, and never will. And so it's like when we understand where our true origins are from. Yes. Then that makes a difference, and it's not being—it's not that you become boastful, but but I have to say what Paul said: I become boastful in him. Yeah, you know, because I know I tell people all the time, I know who I am in the dark. I understand perfectly my ends and my outs and my ups and my downs and my insecurities and those things that I battle with. But at the same time, God says I'm fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. So if I sick if I stay in that lane and just work on this other stuff, I'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you you really have brought such a fire today and i'm so thankful that you know that you agreed to be on the podcast i really am (laughs) i mean from, from what from things that you have shared uh stories you have shared as well as you know um other things that you have you know uh spoken to me i i i understand who you are even more so now you know and like i said you really are a beacon you are a beacon to really for, for for it's like it's like I keep seeing this lighthouse and, and your light is shining brightly for those that are on this dark path. And you're saying, here I am. Just just come in and sit for a minute. Yeah. And and, and, and just listen just for a second so, so that you'll know that you are not alone, that you can walk away and you can be the light for somebody else.
0: Yes.
1: So thank you. Oh, no problem. No problem at all. I mean, Belinda, I am grateful. When I say grateful, I mean grateful to no end that you, like I said, that you came and you you um, wanted to be on the show and, and to, to share about your generational trauma and to share about your stories about, you know, how the church treated you and, and what the church really should be doing. And like you said, you said, my church is out there. You know, we're doing this. We're making we're making a difference in how, And how, and, and, and I want people to understand, I know you were talking about a physical place. I know you were talking about a, a brick and mortar, but I know that God says that we're the church. And so everyone, everywhere yes. we go. You know, yeah. we're, we're, to be, we're to be that light to others to somebody else. And and you also said something else, which is very which is uh wisdom when you said not everybody deserves your story. Yeah. You know, because not people, some people can't handle it right now. Yeah. You know, so they may may need just maybe bits and pieces of it. In order to um, just just to kind of kind of p- p- pique their interest a little bit, you know, but um, but there's but God always shows us and tells us, you know, just how much to give and and what to hold back on, you know, for some for other people. But you came with full fire today, and so, ah! like, I appreciate your fire, like I said, and your your passion and compassion as well, and your wisdom. So I want you to put, to put out there if if, if if people can, you know, I want people to connect with your uh, with your blog. So put all your information out here now so that you can tell them and they can go and and begin to, you know, uh, read uh, the, those words of wisdom on your blogs. So can you share your social media with us?
0: Yes. um, My blog is called Friday at, and it's AT, not the at sign, but AT, Friday at sundown and the number four. And I put the number four behind it because Friday is a Jewish um, time. Uh, the Jewish communities always celebrate on Fridays. So there's a lot of blogs out there that they have. But mine is Friday at Sundown and the number four. And I do, um, I I have subscribers. And the thing about it, if you pull it up, and you decide to subscribe to it, that's, uh, of course, wonderful. But mine is not set up where it automatically subscribes you because some are set up like that. Mine is not. I want the ones to subscribe that really want to. And um, also, I put it on Facebook and link it. Um, the, the, The Friday is always a discussion. And then I have the stories and poetry. So the during the summer though, my brother actually wrote for me. Well, he's my brother in love, not my biological brother. He wrote uh, for me during the summertime because uh, I started just a year ago uh, in May of last year. So he writes for me. So he did a, a actually it was called the FBI, and it was uh, he he worked he retired from the FBI. So I said, okay, do not you do something with the FBI? And I said, okay, Faith based investigations. Mm-hmm. So he like he started doing like pulling files from the faith based investigation and sharing. So he all, everything is original that he did. Um, I'm actually picking back up this month and to start back writing more. So, uh, I, I'll probably be writing more mostly until the end of the year. So if you go to look for something for me, You probably won't see that much for me during the summertime, but before the summer and upcoming.
1: Excellent. Excellent. So everyone, I want you to literally go to her site. For those that are really in in, in that vein to walk about, you know, listening to her and and, and reading what she's about, and you really want to seek her help or just to be a part of her community, her tribe please by all means subscribe and then to share with those that you know that will be uh, in earnest to really want to be a part of her tribe as well. Um,
0: And you can send me a message through, you can send me a message through there as well. Um, You know, if you have, like, if you want to reach out to me or you just want to ask a question, discuss whatever, and I will definitely answer you back.
1: And she will you all. She's the, she's that kind she's she's a woman of integrity. I can honestly say that. And she will on you know walk with you and whatever you know however she's led to do with you, but she will talk to you and, and make sure that you know whatever questions that you have that they are answered to the best of her ability. So Belinda again, thank you so much for being
0: okay. oh it's been my pleasure.
1: From walking from you know, walking from trauma to triumph, walking away from trauma. Um, we appreciate you being here. And um, again, I want my audience to know that she will have a second part because I'm going to invite her back. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully before the year is out because I'm, I'm going to do a lot of second partners. Uh, I mean, a second path. I'm sorry, I can't get it out of my mouth. A second part to uh, people who have, I've, I've already had before probably in the month of November and somewhat in December because I'm preparing for the new year. And so we've got some exciting things that are going on into, in the new year. Also, to let you know again that I have a new page on Facebook called Blends, B L E N D S by Lana M, and you can see different um, mechanisms that I use for my essential oils. I have aromatherapy pillows. I have jewelry. Um, I don't make one piece. This um, I make one piece for every meaning. Meaning that I don't duplicate. I don't do one piece, you know, and and have nine million of the same thing, because I I like to have uniqueness, I like to make pieces for people, um, you know, for your needs and things like that, so please, please, please check out my page on Facebook, Uh, again, Blends by Lana M, and you can reach out to me on on Facebook as well, it will uh, you know, ring me as well, Um, but again, as always, thank you all for Joining us here on Thursday evenings at seven o'clock. I wish you all a great week. I want you all to really go back, listen to other podcast members and people that I've had on. There's always something that someone says that you can utilize in your life. Okay, so again until we meet this next time again, Belinda, thank you again for being on here. And to thank my- you, you're more than welcome. And to my audience. I love you, love you, love you. Have a great week. Bye-bye. But see, we to keep We will Keep us down See,